Welcome back to another episode of American Sippets. Once again, today is Op-Ed Friday. I am joined here with uh, my co-host, Barbara Allen, and also, once again, uh, Anthony Russo, who joined us last week uh, for Op-Ed Fridays, is back again today. Uh, Barb is actually remote. She is in Florida right now. Anthony, where are you? I'm in the great state of Texas. The great state of Texas Outside today. Of so we've got Florida, <laughs> Texas, and, you know, the state that beats them all, New York. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. I just ask. So again, on Op-Ed Fridays, uh, we like to cover the most ridiculous news story of the week. And we also sprinkle in some positivity and inspirational stories that we've found across the webs, the internet uh, for the past week. And this week's ridiculous news story, I'm sure many of you can probably guess what that might be. Um, maybe we'll start off with a couple, couple quotes from this wonderful person who always shares amazing lessons in life throughout his books. Maybe you've figured out who that person is so far. Today you are you. That is truer than true. There is no one alive who is youer than you. So who wants to start on this ridiculousness? <laughs> I, I did find it. We rewrote it. Dude, some things are so ridiculous. You just have to fix yourself, right? I mean, the fact, who is it? And again, I know I referenced him last week, but I'm referencing him again this week. Bobby Sausalito had a major point. He's like, we are talking, or this was last week's Consanity. He's like, we are talking, America is talking about a fucking potato, right? Like last week, we were talking about potato head. Yeah. This week, it's Dr. Seuss. Like, move over, potato head, because Dr. Seuss is in the house, but not anymore. <laughs> Insane. Sheer Insane. It's waste. It's proof that history continues to repeat itself. Like you think about the movie Field of Dreams and they talk about how they were burning books and that was a real thing. And that was based off of generation, even a slight generation before that, or half generation was talking about the 60s and 70s or 70s. And then we're talking about our 60s. And then now we're talking about having that conversation again during that movie. It was happening in the 80s and 90s. And now it's happening now in 2020. And it's like, the 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 fact that we're not even realizing what's going on. And I remember as a kid, and I think this is an important thing, not take away Dr. Seuss, take away the books like, uh, uh, or start talking about the books like Huck Finn and the Mark Twain's where there was racial epithets and there was, um, there, it was real to the time. It was explaining how people talked. And I remember you had, you know, a bunch of 12 year olds snickering at each other and getting confused. And then it created a conversation of us realizing how far we've come, why things aren't like that anymore, and the fact that that's wrong. Instead, we're just trying to erase it off the map. We're trying to erase Dr. Seuss, who has an alternative way of drawing characters while talking about being better to each other. It makes zero sense. It makes zero sense. Yeah, I, I think uh, it's just dumb to hold things from the past to today's standards, right? And you just can't cancel it because it's you know, out of date or not up to up to task with today's norms and, you know, political correctness. I mean, you're absolutely right, Anthony, like these should be learning lessons, nothing else. It doesn't mean they need to be canceled. Yeah. And I mean, 
even greater than the fact that people are like, what's, what's the big deal? It's just a potato. It's just Dr. Seuss. It's just this, like this week, it's a fucking potato, you know, next week it's, it's Dr. the Bible, Seuss. right? Like, and then, yeah, then, then they're coming from the Bible. Meantime, you have somebody else posted, was it Cardi B's song? Um, <laughs> With the word that Trump used that everybody annihilated him for. And now that's like the song is like number one in the country using the same word, um, you know, and like that's that's a scary thought. How quickly whoever is pulling these strings is managing to flip switches and manipulate things and determine who likes what. You know what it's like? It's like when you have the friend who's constantly, who's like arguing with her, her spouse. Right. And so your best friends are supposed to not like the spouse because the spouse is a jerk one week and they're going to break up and they're going to divorce. So the friends are like, okay, I used to like them, but now I don't like them because you say so. And then next week they're back together and you're supposed to like them again. And you just have to switch allegiances and switch thoughts. Like that's what somebody in this country is telling people they've gotten people so in tuned and so in step with, um, obey and command like there's there's this week you're not supposed to like this and they just do it they just jump and do it and attack and it's they're being trained and it's being set up and set up and the more people are complying and so easily just jumping on board whatever they're told whoever they're told to hate next is is who they're going to hate and that's what they're what's just being positioned and that's why this is so alarming i have that meme that you talked about barb it it's uh it has a picture of um, Cat in the Hat and the Muppets yeah. and a couple other people. And it says, imagine living in a nation where Cardi B's wet ass pussy wins song of the year, yet the Cat in the Hat is deemed inappropriate content and Disney slaps content warnings on the Muppet show. Right. It's just it's just crazy. It's crazy. Totally crazy. I just hope that the 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 evil that is coming from it is is so blatant. It's like the biggest the biggest mistake the devil made was letting the world know that he was here. Yeah. So I'm hoping that that is the positive that comes out of it because it's absolutely absurd. And like I was I was really I was at the gym today thinking about this. I was listening to DMX songs. It's like where where do we draw the line on what's not dangerous and what is dangerous? And granted, this is a big deal that you know in reading we celebrate. Uh, we celebrate Dr. Seuss and like, uh, I mean, Obama did. Obama talked about how powerful it was. Uh, Kamala Harris tweeted about how amazing Dr. Seuss was like four years ago. Uh, you had Michelle Obama teaching a bunch of kids reading. So it's like, why are we changing this now? What is the bigger purpose? What is the bigger issue? And it's right. like, what are, is it that big of a deal to talk about books? Yeah, it is. So then I started looking at things. You talk about the WAP. And then I was listening to a DMX song and the DMX song, Song was like, you know, the typical stuff you listen to when you're working out. And it ends with him shooting up a convenience store in the background and going like, you know, this is not a game or like, you know, you know, you guys are faking it. It's like this was just it's American culture that we've uh, allowed for all this time. That's very dangerous. And now all of a sudden we have an issue with Dr. Seuss. Right. It makes such little sense between the fact that we've allowed all these different things to happen that do create a mind of criminality. It it uh, it it makes everything okay. It makes drive-by shootings okay, and then all of a sudden there's a different way of discussing race from 60 years ago and equality, which has what we the bedrock of how we've actually started to come together as people. And now we have an issue with this. It makes zero sense, and I'm hoping that it's so blatant that a a few people will start to hear it and go, okay, something's wrong. Like this, I, this is where I draw the line. And that's how, yeah. that's what, that's where walk away came from. People yeah. draw the line. Yeah. yeah. And I think to your point too, like most of, most of America, like just, they see this as being ridiculous. Like 
the people that don't see it as being ridiculous are they're on the far fringes. Like those are the ones that are uh, unfortunately controlling the conversation. And I feel like a lot of this stuff that happens like Dr. Seuss, like the company that's handling all the sales of the Dr. Seuss books, like they're controlling that whole catalog. Um, they basically made this decision after a study that was basically conducted by, in my opinion, a bunch of intellectual elitists who think they are better than everyone else. And so they make these decisions about, you know, hey, there's these black references and misrepresentations and it's it's anger and it's hateful and all these different things. And the company, these companies just go with these these studies that no one is even paying attention to. And it's just these these small group of intellectual elites who think they're better than everyone else, that they can control the conversation. And those are the ones that are that are causing these things to kind of pop up and get canceled. And it's it's crazy when the, the, the majority of us are not even just think it's ridiculous. Yeah. And so I'm wondering why it's getting so much press when really any rational person is going to just know it's ridiculous. Right. So why is the media putting so much attention to it? Like, why are we talking about it now? And again, it comes back to that whole slippery slope thing that it just seems like people are being conditioned. Like all of this is just a paving ground to see how far, okay, like to experiment, right? Like what can we get people to denounce and turn their back on now? How do we do it? And study like who, who buys into this? Who doesn't? It feels like this is all one big experiment for some greater purpose that's going to be revealed, but like the more people they can learn how to, how to control and manipulate their emotions, there's testing their boundaries. How far can we go? How much can we get them to, to turn off and denounce? And it's almost like a generational thing, right? Because like we grew up on Dr. Seuss and the Muppets, but a lot of their target community, the college kids and younger, they have no clue. Most of them, you know, Dr. Seuss and, and the Muppets. So it's easy for them to be like, oh yeah. So it seems like they're going after, like they're almost like really, re really willing to say, okay, we're not going to get X amount of the, you know, 35 year old and up, but uh, we'll get some of them and yeah. we'll get everybody else on board underneath that on board. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's definitely a, a bigger purpose because nobody really gives a shit about Dr. Seuss. Right. In terms of like, that's not really on their chopping block. So what yeah. is the greater purpose? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what people like were, you know, coming back at me, like, why do you care so much? Like, what's the big deal? Like, you know, these, these handful of books, I think it was five or six books, you know, had some bad imagery and, and cartoons and depictions of, you know, so why do you care so much? I'm like, I care because what's next? And they're like, replacing just, it. I'm sorry, Dave, I just did to you. Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, it, these companies have every right to pull certain books that they feel, you know, maybe shouldn't be out there anymore. And that's fine. But the funny thing is like the Dr. Seuss is like a bestseller again. I mean, Amazon, right. everyone's picking them up. Uh, Sean Whalen, someone who we've had on the show was like, you know, it's not canceled. You can't cancel a, right. a legend. You know? right. Like if you want to read book, Dr. Seuss books to your kids, read Dr. Seuss books to your kids, go out and buy the Dr. Seuss books. Right. Um, but yeah, it's but then, just, you know, like, while they're denouncing Dr. Seuss, other fourth grade classes are being introduced to books that teach uh, kids that all cops are racist and talk about this bad right. thing happened yes. in our neighborhood today. And literally like children's books are being created that are teaching children that all cops are Nazis, all cops are evil, all cops are racist, and that's okay, but Dr. Seuss isn't. Like, so 
Yeah. Like who is making these determining factors? There's definitely some sort of like dark, dark I, I force at play here. I don't know if it's a, like, I th- is it, is it a dark force or is it a long-term play? And right. I think, I think, Same I think thing. It's, well, yeah, like, is it a dark long? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I, I think it's all, it's a political play yeah. because if you're doing it at the right age, we are preventing Right now we are teaching children. So if we start getting rid of the Dr. Seuss yep. is where it talks about exactly. quality and learning how we came together. And then you start introducing race theory and you yep. start introducing the indoctrination of anti-policing and all these different things. What it's going to lead to is if they're 10 years old now, you've got a whole bunch of really gung-ho voters at 18 or right. gets their way 16 years old. So you've got it where they'll never be be, and this is from somebody that's not a true, true red Republican. This right. is somebody that is a conservative yeah. for now because it feels right. right. And it, you're looking at where we will, we went from, we need a third party to now we are going to have one party in this country and it's a controlling party because you've indoctrinated the 2B voters right. and you've indoctrinated the, the early teens to believing these things. And it is, it's, it's not as people are making jokes. Like, is it really that big of a deal? We're getting, yeah, doctors? it is. Yeah. It is. It's a huge yeah. deal. It's a huge right. deal. Yeah, it's That's more exactly it's it. more it's more about the fact that people are offended with some of the characterizations in the book. And to your point, Anthony, it's more about this, right? And this is another life lesson from Dr. Seuss. You have brains in your head, you have feet in your shoes, you can steer yourself any direction you choose. That is what they hate. That is what they want you to stop thinking. Like they don't want you to be free. They don't want you to have free thought and free expression and freedom of choice. They want to control. And this is my opinion. And people are like, well, okay, right. It's, you know, it's that that PC crowd. It's the cancel culture. They want to take away those freedoms. Look what we've been dealing with over the past year and a half, like, you know, with mass mandates and everything else. And I think people are really finally to like, there's a red line that was, I think that is, is in the sand and, it's it's basically being crossed right now. And I think people are really waking up to that fact. Now, you want to talk about being woke. I think the entire woke definition is going to be flipped on its head. And it's going to be people standing up and being like, I've, I've had enough of this ridiculousness. This is this is out of control. And they'll make the voice there. They'll make their voices heard, you know, uh, you know, on Election Day in 2022. I can guarantee you that. Which, thankfully, I just read, and I'm going to get it wrong. I want to say it was HR 53. Um, do you guys know about this? Passed in Georgia. So at least the Georgia legislature is passing um, policies to protect its voting. Like they really, the the bill, it really limits the, it shrinks the amount of time that, um, you know, that you can actually vote in. And it requires identification, like a license or a social security card to vote. And if you don't have that, you have to show a utility bill or something to prove that you live in, in the district and just common sense things that there, that are being introduced in that bill. And again, I'll go back to look to see exactly what that is, but at least Georgia has recognized that there are some things uh, that need addressing and people need to trust in the election process before you're going to get them to the polls anyway. So that's a two pronged thing, but it was encouraging to see at least some positive thinking, but of course it's a, you know, it's a Republican controlled legislature. So um, it seems like that's what it's going to take because there's no value in that for a liberal one. It reminds me, it's kind of funny with the whole um, uh, Governor Newsom recall, right? And they have all the, uh, the votes that people were were chiming in and what what do they do? The, um, 
what do they call it? The uh, they take the what do they call that when they were trying to recall someone? Petition. The petition, yeah. And so they had to actually verify the signatures of the petition to recall the governor, but they don't have to verify signatures Vote. for voting in the election. Right. <laughs> it's it's right. pretty, pretty funny. The reason I know about that bill is, a, is it was on my favorite social media site to go check out, which was Occupy Democrats, just so I can know exactly. I, know. I love that and you're there. God. <laughs> And the, the, their thing about how terrible of a bill it was is because like one part, it talked about how you're not allowed to provide water and snacks to people in line to vote, like how dehumanizing I'm like, okay, let me explain you how that works is the whole voting system is based off of us not being able to bribe or, you know, pay somebody off. So if somebody is wearing like a, I want you to vote for Biden, you know, Biden's the man t-shirt, which is what they're wearing at the migrant border right now, by the way, saying, why isn't Biden letting me in different story for a different day. Uh, there, they don't understand that that's considered against the Constitution, and this is just solidifying that. And they're like, "Look at these horrible Republicans that don't want people in line to be given water and food. Bring your own." Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really. Like. I don't. I don't get it. I'm gonna I, hop on that page, Anthony, and check it out and um, get some friends. If you ever us. need material. Huh? There it is. Yeah. If you ever need material, yeah. just go on that page for 10 minutes and you can literally create seven hours worth of shows of the lunacy of the left. And it's not that it's a, and this is my thing. If it was an outlier, I'd be like, let's, let's shuffle the outlier. There are 9 million likes on or likes on that page and over 10 million followers. This is not an outlier. Right. This is legitimately like two, two to 3% of the country, 3% of the country is on this page. Three percent right. of yeah. the country is on this page. Think about that. That's crazy. That's that's no longer an outlier. And while we're talking about immigration, <laughs> I mean, right now the Biden administration is basically putting immigrants in front of Americans. And the biggest thing that is the issue with me about it is we're in the middle of a pandemic. And I just heard yesterday that the infection rate amongst these immigrants who are looking to come in at the border is as high as six percent. The yeah. mayor of New York City would shut down everything if there was a 6% infection rate. He would shut down schools. He would shut down restaurants. But meanwhile, these people at the at the border who want to come into our country, they're they're being let in and just and they're going wherever they want throughout throughout our country. Right. And schools these people are, closed, are infected. But borders open. Yeah, yeah. It's just I mean, it's just very irresponsible. Very irresponsible. Right. So don't talk to us so. about mask mandates and, and opening things and then preach about the borders just being wide open and letting people walk in with with no right. tests or shots or exactly. anything. So, yeah. I, exactly. I do have a question, though. Are they really open? Like, I think because we get mixed news because, I mean, we looked at and Primetime Patriots immediately had that. We had one of the first videos before the Blaze had it, before whatever. We had a guy, a correspondent at the border I believe outside of either it was either California or Texas, where these people were have these shirts from charity saying Biden let us in and they were from more more Central America and they're being stopped at the border and not able to get in. So it's like we're I think we're allowing the way it seems, if I'm seeing this correctly, is there's an influx of people at the border because they're like, oh, Biden and his administration and the fact that we've gone all blue is going to let us all in. Yeah. It's a crisis now. But That's what not, it is. Yeah, right. But they're not. And then at the same time, the ones that were kind of in, the ones that were trying to seek asylum, that were kind of, they've already made it past the line. All those are just being released and let into right. America. That's yeah. kind of what I'm getting. It's, 
it's using. Yeah, it catch re- catch and release is totally back on. Okay. Yeah, smart. smart. Yeah. So anyway, maybe we yeah. should move on to some positive things. <laughs> we're, we, Let's we're ready. Let's do it. All right. Well, this morning I saw. Um, this is always nice to see, and uh, I always enjoy seeing these pop up. And I wish they pop up more because I know it's a a big issue across the country in terms of. Uh, child trafficking and sex trafficking and things like that. So uh, Tennessee had a joint operation that recovered 150 missing kids, um, which is super cool. I think we shared a story a, a few a few months back about that as well. But a total of 150 missing children from Tennessee have been recovered during a months-long joint law enforcement operation, according to the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation. On Wednesday, authorities said the missing children range from the age of, of 3 to 17, and they were recovered during three sweeps across the state in January and February. At least one child was identified as a human trafficking victim. Four others are possible human trafficking victims. Uh, and that's basically coming from the Tennessee FBI. So, oh, the, so it's the FBI, right? Yeah, they're involved in it. Yeah, it was a joint force. It was a joint operation. Yeah, joint yeah. operation. So that means there's federal funds that went into it, right? You would imagine you would if imagine, it's the FBI. Yeah. So we're being able to recover these kids and we're being able to crack these cases because I believe as though there was, I could be mistaken, but an executive order in the previous presidency to put more strain and stress and financial resources behind stuff like this. Did I miss that? Did I, am I wrong on that? (laughs) You're absolutely right. Uh, Yeah. I, I think it's great. I think I think we're seeing these pop up and it's actually now getting a little bit more national coverage. I remember when this was happening over the last six months before the election, these were happening all over the country and it was yeah. getting no coverage because it didn't benefit, you know, political sides. Well, it didn't benefit one political side. So they were hiding these stories and it was making people believe that this child child trafficking and sex trafficking and, and exploitation of children wasn't happening and it was making people that look that we're doing the whole save our children look insane when yeah. in all reality, this is a real thing and it's happening in every state in the country. Yeah. So it's great to see that we're, we're ma- continuing to make progress on this crap. Yeah. It's and we've had numerous, in every County in the country. Yeah. 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 We've yeah. had numerous people on the podcast who basically have made this now their life mission to combat this, you know, call it what it is. It's pure evil uh, and rescue these children and these people um, from this trafficking, which is just out of control. Um, so, uh, next up, you guys want to share what's next or you want me to keep going? Go ahead. You're on a roll. All right. So I thought this was really awesome. Uh, And it's an eight year old from Wisconsin who created her own charity to help homeless children. Uh, Eight-year-old Peyton isn't your average third grade student. When she's not in school, she's fighting a battle much bigger than herself, child homelessness. The Wisconsin native discovered that there are around 2.5 million children in America who are facing homelessness each year. Uh, Her quote, I don't really like the sound of that, she said. So I went to my mom and asked if I could invite 100 homeless children to my birthday party. (laughs) Peyton said her dream was to host a birthday party in hopes of getting other children to donate their presents to those who are less fortunate. Although the pandemic complicated matters, her mission, giving children uh, facing grave uncertainty a reason to smile, never faltered. So she formed Eye of a Child, which not only raises awareness of the prevalent issue, but directly sends money, toys, and other products to homeless shelters around the Milwaukee area, 
as well as in Los Angeles, where she also has family. Pretty awesome, right? I mean, eight years old. Talk about be the change, Anthony. That's, you know, that's kind of my thought. It's like, it's, it's sharing stuff like that. And I'm sure you, I, I think you guys always like to do little snippets and put it up and <laughs> see snippets. Okay. See what you did there? Uh, see? <laughs> see what I did there? No. And, and being able to share that, cause it's, it's what we do to be the change. And I, and I always talk about action over awareness yet at the same time, the big thing that we do with be the change is actually creating awareness of people taking action. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a gray area. But it's proof. If an eight-year-old can actually create change in the world, there's no excuse to everybody that's like, I just wish I could do something. I wish yeah. I could be a yeah. part of something. You all have the power. <laughs> or heck, you can find an eight-year-old like this and help them out. Be like, how can I help this family, right. this, this kid, parents? Like, what can I do to be a part of something bigger than myself that's making the world a better place? It's possible. It's so possible. And although we talk about all the evil that's going on behind the scenes, the predominance of humanity is good, plain and simple. And if we oh, yeah, speak 1000%. up and we start acting, we, we can do so much more and we can defeat, we can squish evil before it starts. Problem is evil is louder. Evil is way louder. And it's not that. anymore. Not anymore. Nope. Now that they got good coalitions like ours joining together, right, Anthony, we're going to kick, kick that to the shit to the curb. Kick the, kick the evil out. Exactly. Okay, no, Anthony, to your point, one thing I've always been taught uh, as an entrepreneur and some of the mentors and coaches I've had uh, and me doing coaching to other people too, is it's, it's not about your resources, right? It's about being resourceful. Uh, and this little girl showed us all how to be resourceful. Dave, did you have a website on that or a link um, to support it? Well, her organization is called I of, I of a child. Okay. So people can go probably just Google that, right. And look her up. Yeah. So let's put something out there. If anyone listening to this goes to I have the child and donates anything, let us know. We can put their name on in, you know, in the proverbial hat and we'll pull the prize out. We'll send them a free t-shirt. We'll send free t-shirts to the first five people who send a donation. They can pick their own t-shirt and we'll send it out. How about that? Love it. Okay. Love it. So send so, it, send your email to send it directly to me. So I'll make sure to follow up. Send it barb at americansnippets.com. If you send a donation to that site of any size, I don't care if it's a dollar, five dollars, um, or more, like whatever it is, whatever you can get, I'll make sure you get a free t-shirt sent out to you. Boom. Cool. Okay, carry uh, on. Another cool story was uh <laughs> an Arizona woman returned a 1950s purple heart to a man's family after finding it at a thrift store. Uh, a family has been united with their father's purple heart more than three decades after he died. Thanks to a bit of sleuthing, uh, Teresa Farron discovered the purple heart along with several other military awards at a thrift shop in Phoenix, Arizona, where she volunteers once a week. She explained to Fox news that her job involves uh, pricing the donated items before displaying them on the shop's floor. But about two weeks ago, someone dropped off the military awards, making sure to point out the purple heart among the collection uh, she inspected the metal and found a name on the back, and that's when she decided to track down the owner. Uh, I just felt it needed to go to the family, and I was going to try to find them no matter what, Fern told Fox News. So pretty cool. That will mean a lot to the family. Yeah, talk about going out of your way, right? I mean, I love – you hear stories all the time about – I think I saw another one. The guy had uh, – where was he? He dropped off a jacket or something at a – and there was – basically $5,000 of cash in an envelope. Uh, and he got it back like a couple of weeks later, you know, so people are always doing good deeds like that to your point, Anthony, again. 
Anthony with two points Jared, on the board. I, <laughs> yeah, so I, it's funny because there's a big conversation. So social media has changed the game a lot in terms of uh, showing the good, the good stuff that you do. And I think it's important to share stuff like this because I would say 15, even 10 years ago, people would like videotape themselves, like, look at me giving money to this homeless guy. It just seemed shady and disingenuous. And it's like, bro, like who cares, man? Like chill out. And then now it's kind of like, no, share it, please. Like if that's what gets you to do something, do it. And hopefully more people will have that exact same philosophy. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. And I don't know, you know, I don't know why I feel like this. I kind of see it this way, no rhyme or reason, but I feel like a year ago or even like a year and a half ago, very much on Facebook, at least, there is a, a real push of all this positivity. Uh, they had positive, you know, uh, specific Facebook programs like Returning the Favor. Uh, other, I think the um, People Magazine had stuff with soldiers and other people were doing stuff about, you know, helping their communities and giving back to neighborhoods. Like, I feel like since COVID came, like we don't, we see, we hardly see any of that, those positive stories anymore. It's more politically motivated and, you know, COVID motivated and things like that. Am I... Missing? Am I missing it, or am I not seeing it anymore? Or do you think that's that's true? The algorithm. I've, yeah, I've seen less, and I think that they're. I think they're still there. Like obviously, we're still here. Anthony's still there, but we're definitely being shadowed a little bit and pushed down, and people just you know aren't seeing it as much as they used to. But again, that's why we just have to continue doing what we're doing and. Uh, and get louder about it in our own ways and find new ways to beat it. We can't just sit back and say, well, you know, it's not working anymore. Right. So you got to just find new ways to to do that. And I think that there's a lot of exciting stuff coming out with a lot of people who've hit the same point and come to the same conclusion. So I actually think 2021 is going to be a very defining year for this country, for people um, personally and professionally. And as a country, I think that there's a lot of things that are going to happen and Things aren't going to go exactly as the powers that be have planned because they're not really prepared for the amount of people out there that are going to push back and and not not stand for it because there's a lot of people that aren't going to give up on the country. There's people like that eight year old girl. You're never going to smother her spirit. Right. So you can't you can't get them all. And the ones that they can't get are going to be the the change makers here. Yeah. My thoughts. And I. And I think that the algorithm will be forced to change. So I think part of the politics and the negative spin, I think the if you want to look at one benefit of our current administration is they they got, it's kind of like they got what they wanted. So how can they actually look at like, look at what we're doing. The people are coming together, which you can't tell by the, the stock market in the last couple of weeks, but look at, look at the, they're going to want to find, want to find the positives. So if they manage to actually like actually get the, uh, social media giants, tech giants to fall in line into a, a way that makes the world better and change the algorithm so that we're not forced to see only the same stuff, forced to be in our echo chambers and see the positive stories. That's a big difference. Like yesterday, interviewed Bob Berg, big name, big author, no way that we get as many likes, views, et cetera, as when we do a political show where we're talking shit and that's, and that's a conservative show. Right. Yeah. So it, it, people want the drama of the politics and once that little algorithm gets tripped, it creates an issue. So yeah, we're seeing less positivity because people are feeding off of 
the, the vampires are sucking off the blood of the bad right now. And I think that the, the only people that can really change that algorithm, sadly enough, are the people that run the tech platforms. And right now, those people are under the finger and the thumb of, of our government, which is blue right now, which got what they yeah. wanted. So maybe they'll lighten up. I don't yeah. know. We'll see. Yeah, there's a, there's a few you know big folks who kind of broke through that a little bit. Uh, you know, the Good News Network, which we've talked about before, and then um, you know Dave Portnoy with Barstool Sports and having the Barstool Fund that's helping restaurants. Like those those you know they have a big platform and big influence, so they're able to break through a little easier than than a lot of other people. But I agree with both of you. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the other big thing, which I think is a positive news story. And probably the biggest one over the last few days is uh, looks like freedom is back in style in Texas and Mississippi. Tell um, us all about it, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll find out more at Texas's Independence Day. It's next Wednesday. Uh, we're, I mean, in all reality, it's funny. I'm in like a little microcosm. I'm in Stephenville, Texas. So I'm about two hours outside of Dallas and, you know, hour and 20 minutes outside of Fort Worth. And out here, there is no mass. We've been, everything's been open. Like nobody cares. And it's crazy. Cause you'll go 30 minutes away and it's still mask. It's, it's completely the way it is. But what I'm noticing is now that this got passed, I went into a, a restaurant to grab, like just takeout the other day. And I'm not wearing a mask. If they tell me to wear a mask, I will, but I'm not wearing a mask. And this guy coming in had his mask on. And as we crossed, he saw me without one. He's like, just like peeled it off his face, like freedom. Yes. So it's like, I think people are getting it. And ultimately it's not about like master bad. It's simply about freedom of choice. choice. We have the choice. We ever, they talk about my body, my choice, pro-life, all these different pro-life, pro-choice. And now we actually have the ability. If you want to wear a mask, you still can. Right. Holy nuggets. <laughs> like that's an amazing thing. If you want to self court, if you go into a restaurant and it's at capacity where the restaurant owners are making as much money as they can make to make up for the last year and they're back doing business and you don't feel comfortable there, you can go home. It's great. Yeah. yeah stay home. Common sense. And it's, I mean, there's case study, the case, the biggest case study in the world. You've got Florida. It worked there. Now their numbers are still pretty high, but that's because we still don't have a real gauge on numbers. Anyway, right. it's literally awesome to be in the state of Texas and understand that we are embracing this philosophy. And Abbott has just balls of steel because he is facing, he's being called Neanderthal. His, uh, sorry, he's not being called that. He's saying his ways of thinking are, 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 are like a Neanderthal because of all these things. We just finally gotten it. No, we, we've passed it. There's a bunch of people dying from suicide. There's overdoses. There's all... Things need to change. We need to make the change now. He made it. And it's not that he is saying that masks are outlawed. That would be the other end. He is just right. saying we have the freedom of choice again in the state of Texas. Woo! Yeah. Well, he's got he's got some penance to do, you know, after putting that salon owner in jail and the crazy things that that he did. So, I mean, he's got he's got some ground to make up. But I think that this will help him win back some hearts and uh, and maybe make up for for some overcorrections that he did, if you want to call it that. But, you know, it's like the pendulum is swinging back the other way and hopefully it just keeps swinging all the way to New York. <laughs> I, don't, I don't fault Abbott. I don't fault Abbott for some of the decisions he made. It was such a political game then and it was still this, like being forced to it. But now it's kind of like, we all knew that hopefully like we'd have a little bit more freedom in politics after November. To, to, you know, where we're not altering things like back then, it, like there were still questions in science. He was being told something different every day. He was being told all these different things. I didn't, 
it was enforcing. It was just, it was a, it was confusing. We had to learn as a country and I think he made some mistakes, but again, every hindsight is 2020. It's where, how we react at this point where finally we should start realizing we, we have these freedoms. So I get it though. Like, you know, we're frustrated at that time, but at this point, the more you, the, where do you, where you end up is more important than where you came from. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I'll probably show my true colors here a little bit, but Biden gave basically the dumbest reaction possible to Texas reopening. Right. The only person he basically like you said, Anthony, he he called Abbott and what he was doing, Neanderthal thinking. And the only one who's a Neanderthal here is Joe Biden. He's a 50 year politician swamp creature who basically, in my opinion, is not in control at all. He won't even take questions from the press. A couple of days ago, they actually he said, OK, I guess I could take questions now. Right. That's what I supposed I'm supposed to do. And the White House cut off the feed like there's something really wrong and not very transparent right now that's going on with with the White House and the administration. Like they're literally keeping him from embarrassing himself and in turn keeping the country from embarrassing themselves for having him as our president. And that's how I just feel. And D.C. is now is still militarized. It's still a, a militarized place. You still have fences up. You still have guards. Like if, if Trump had this was in this exact same situation, they'd be like, oh, my God, we have a czar running the country. Yeah. Like this is a, yeah. this is a situation. Yeah. So I'd like to know I like to know who all the contractors that are making getting rich off of having all these, all you know, the troops still occupying D.C. I'm sure like, pockets are being where's all, like they're not there for free. Like it costs money to keep them there. Who's who's making that money? Who's getting paid? Same people that are probably affording our lifelong politicians to have homes well out of their tax brackets. Right. Right. So that pretty much wraps up this show. You guys have any parting thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners today? Any parting thoughts? I just shared mine. <laughs> No, Dave, I wish I, I wish you hadn't held back. I wish you had thought, told us what you, you know, what you really feel. Look, I am going to I am going to indulge myself because when the whole uh, all the Dr. Seuss crap came out, I sat down with a friend of mine and we uh, we rewrote much of the Green Eggs and Ham book. So I'm going to take like a couple little lines from there. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. You can Barb, see I'll this. Let you, I'll let you take us out then. All I have to say is freedom. And then that's my final word. So now, Barb, that you get the last word. From this <laughs> I want to hear no, this. That's okay. That's, how, that's I, the way we should end every show. Freedom. <laughs> freedom. Um, all right. Well, I'm just going to read the last part. We renamed Green Eggs and Ham, Scams and Shams, because we had to do something, right? So um, let's see. Let's see where I'm going to pick this up. All right. Let's see. Would you, could you be less white? I, I would not, could not be less white. That whole thing is dumb and trite. I will not let you turn off my brain. I'm on board the freedom train. You don't like scams and shams? I do not like them, other Sams. You do not like them, so you say, try them, try them, and you may. Other Sam, would you shut up, man? I will not try them. You will see, this will stay the land of the free. You can see the whole masterpiece on the American Snippets Facebook page, and you can pick up our matching Uncle Sam vintage t-shirt on americansnippets.com. It's all beautiful. Let's rock it. But really, we had we had fun rewriting that. I mean, it is so retarded that I had to get on. Oh, I'm not even allowed to say that word anymore. Crap. <laughs> well, We're going to be whatever. canceled. We all know I'm an asshole. So that's it. This is what happens when I talk too much. <laughs> all right.
All okay, right, everyone. Well, I appreciate you all. Yeah, appreciate you all tuning in today. Make sure you turn in Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Leave us a five star review on iTunes if you can. We'd really appreciate it. Hopefully, you like our op ed Fridays. We enjoy doing it. It's a ton of fun, and I love having uh, our guests like Anthony Russo uh, come join us for these uh, these Friday op eds. Freedom. Thanks, guys. Freedom. See you all soon. <laughs> <laughs>